That they told me was a poultry farmer. I said, it's simple. Weekends, take a half crate of eggs. You can afford a, a half dozen of eggs. Your father, doesn't, you won't eat so much. Give it to him every weekend. Practically, a whole chicken. Christmas time, repaint his house. You have some money, put in an envelope. As you are passing, you greet him with it. If it looks like he has a lot of money, he's been selling land. Okay, don't worry about it. Be giving him things in kind. Buy him a bag of rice. And leave his land money alone. It is God that's bringing you a reward. We must never forget that thing. It's the real reward you need is from God. <laughs> I just feel like telling that story to let people know what it means to honor fathers. A lot of people that have well-to-do parents, their eye don't the eye. <laughs> if God wants to do you bad, then your father will live so long, you, you die before him. <laughs> ah. After all, he's just 20-something years older than you. You were born when he was in 20s. And the man will live to be 99. But that you're 70-something, you don't die. <laughs> they have a saying in Yoruba land, all right? They say the child that's depending on that inheritance is donating himself to poverty. Yes, it's a proverb in the West. So the child waiting for the inheritance from his father is just donating himself to poverty. Some of these fathers, they, 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 they know the, the guy will die. He's waiting for you. They this boy, he wants this in my house. You go see. But I'll go and build your own. <laughs> the Lord is good. <laughs> Listen, it's so important for us believers to understand. Look, there are things that just make us Christians. There's a way we behave, and it's in line with godliness, all right? So we've already discussed the other one also. Okay, so let's continue. So fathers, he said it's your responsibility to raise your children in the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Let me just say this. Some people will say that, you know me, I don't know how to beat children. Please go and learn it. You're not a, you're, God has delivered you from being an American. Are you getting my point? And it, there's a principle for it too. You don't, you know, you're angry. You start slapping the child with two hands in the face. That one, you are angry. You should, you, should, you should manually discipline the child after you have explained. And you warn ahead, usually. So if anybody crosses this one and does this and this time, I am going to give you three strokes of the cane. Apply it. I don't want to give you the practical aspects. But you apply it, usually. This is, just, this is not in the Bible. This is just my own. This, this, this cane one is in the Bible. Nobody should reason it away. The father chastises the son that he loves. It's in the scriptures. But doesn't be, he doesn't use cane on his face. Now, that one is not in the Bible. I just want to say my own now. You really, you donate it to the back. That one, the skin doesn't break nothing. But the guy will cry well, well. And he will learn to fear God. If a, boy doesn't, a child doesn't fear the father, he won't fear God. Yeah, that, that's not supposed to be a joke. I mean that literally. I mean, the word is fear, not respect. It's fear. You should be afraid to do something because you know there will be consequences. It's a Christian duty. There are things that believers are supposed to learn. All right? Okay, so primarily training children, talking to them, disciplining them. Those are things that are the primary duty of fathers. And then the mothers, of course, as we know, because it's in context, can assist with that. The two, the Bible says that it's not good for the man to be alone. I'll give him a help there to help him. In fact, they say the Jews, normally the, the mothers train the children for a particular age. Then when they, I don't know the exact age. I don't know whether it's 6 or 12 or something. Then they now hand over to the father to continue the training. But I believe both of them should work hand in hand from the beginning. The Lord is good. Now, so let's go down to verse 5. It now says, for those who are people working for them, it says, slaves, obey your earthly masters with deep respect and fear. Serve them sincerely as you will serve Christ. Now, let's not think we are exempt from these commandments because we are not slaves. I said last time, what they meant by these slaves, a lot of us qualify for it today. An average civil servant of today is a slave of federal government. Yes, according to the scripture. You work for the federal government, forget that thing. This is exactly, you are the one they are talking to. You work for state government, they are talking to you. You work for Zenith Bank, they are talking to you. I hope you are getting my point. Wherever you walk, they are talking to you. Obey your earthly masters. Do what you, are suppo- what you are told to do. That's what they were saying. With deep respect and fear. What I want to emphasize is serve them sincerely as you will serve Christ. You are not working for your income. You are working for the Lord. If you are working for your income, then you are serving your income. Did you hear what I said? 
know the truth about life. I thought about it today. I thought about it just this afternoon. Nobody actually works for his or her income. Nobody really does. I thought about it. Because you see some people, they work in some companies where they are paid in millions on a monthly basis. They don't work harder than the person who is earning 10% or 20, 5% of what they are earning. They have the same qualifications. But one just got a different job. I don't know whether you are getting my point here. Look, it's not... If anybody says, look, I, I know how I, I, I work for this money. You didn't work for any money. There are people who work harder than you, who have better qualifications than you, but they happen to be in a place where the normal payout is not as heavy. That is just life. We believers must understand, whatever we are doing, we are not working for anybody but the Lord. So next time you get back to work, this, that company is Jesus Christ PLC. It's Federal Government of Jesus Christ. It is a new, it's not a new state government. It is Jesus Christ government. That's the way it works. Any work we are doing, he said we should do it as if we are serving Christ. He said try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you. I don't need to explain this further. We know what they call eye service. Eye service is terrible. As slaves or workers of Christ, let me just use the expression, as workers of Christ, do the will of God that is in that your workplace with all your heart. Work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Let's emphasize verse 8. The Lord will reward each one of us for the good work that we do. That is how we are working. Whether we are the masters or the workers, they say whether slave or free. Whether you are an entrepreneur or you are a worker in a particular company. And if you are the boss, in verse 9 it says, Treat your slaves in the same way. Be kind, be gentle, don't use threats. And let me use this expression, pay well. Yes, it's true. Don't try and get as low a pay as possible. Try and pay what you can afford. I'm not saying you should pay what you can't afford, but your aim should be how much better can I do? Not how, you know, this world is very interesting. And don't buy all this. Anytime you are, when you are learning business principles, try and learn Christian business principles. Many of the things people do in the world today, they are very ungodly. Anytime there's economic downturn, the first thing they do is what? Cut off staff. If you go and check it, they cut off staff for one simple reason. What is the reason? To boost profits. That's sin. That is a sin. It's not, you see, if the company is threatened and is about to go under because you can't pay anymore. I mean, you used to have a turnover. You're a big company. Maybe every month, 500 million naira in turnover. Economy is down. Your turnover has gone down to 150. Yes, your profit is going to be down. In fact, apart from profit, the amount of work available to do. Okay, let's say you're a construction company. Each time before, you're working on three roads and five massive buildings at the same time. But now, you have only one contract for one road that's half the distance of the one you used to do before for the next one month. Of course, you don't need all the staff. Do you get my point? We understand that. That is the only time me, I understand from scriptures that you can lay off staff. You don't lay off staff to boost profits. That's ungodly. You don't do that. They are people. They are human beings. Look, one thing that Ford used to do, he, he believed that he should create more jobs so as to make a human impact. And Ford would tell you that there is a dignity that a man gets from being able to work with his hands. So Henry Ford didn't believe that he should be trying to give men things. Don't hand them anything. That's his own. He wasn't being stingy. He was just saying that you, don't, that you are depriving them of their dignity. You want to give the man $500? Don't give him $500. Create a job where he can earn $500. Say so that one, when he earns $500, he's happy. He's proud. Pride, not in the negative sense now, but in the good sense. That yes, I'm a man. I'm working. I'm contributing something. That was his own policy. So he created all kinds of jobs, no matter how simple. If you tell Henry Ford, this man doesn't know anything. Henry Ford would say, no problem. I have a job he will do. In the morning, take this spanner, hammer this thing five times. He will create a job so that all you need to do is take his spanner and hammer something five times. Say, listen, just do that for me regularly. And he'll give you his minimum wage. That minimum wage will get you a house. You understand? Get you food, pay your children's fees, and buy you a car that he's manufacturing. And what is your job? Just come there every day. And hammer something. He will create a way in which that you're hammering, you're not wasting time. 
you are contributing something to somebody, what somebody else is doing. He just believed. If you read this book, the man just believed that, listen, you, you, the, the duty of an entrepreneur is to give man, men back their dignity. Create a place where they can go, exercise themselves, and be productive. Then give them money as a result. That if you just hand them money, you are stealing his dignity. And we're learning business principles. Forget all this one. Boost profits, boost profits. Boost, forget boosting of profits. In fact, David Paulson will tell you that it's a sin for stay at home. Somebody will be boosting profit to be sending to you. I'm not saying you swallow that one completely, but <laughs> I just want to bring out an issue here. Listen, when you're learning business principles, make sure you're learning Christian business principles. For us, believers, profit is not money. Money is one of the things we use to measure profit. For example, as, as a believer, if you have a lot of staff and you're able to pay them regularly, for you that's profit. That is profit. Listen, what's happening in the world today is a curse in which you find that a few men are very wealthy at the expense of other people. What I mean is that a man buys a company. It makes, the, maybe by the time he's buying it, there are 10,000 members of staff. He restructures in such a manner that they need only 5,000. Lays off 5,000, boosts his profit. He becomes a billionaire. 5,000 people are poorer. It's a sign of the end times. It's a curse. It says two pounds of wheat, wheat for a day's wages. Do not harm the oil and the wine. The Red Prince explained it. That was in Revelations. That what was he saying? That as a sign of the end times, two pounds of wheat for a day's wages. What does that tell you? That a man will work for a whole day. All his money can buy is just bread. A few things. Oil and the wine, he said, is a sign of luxury. So the poor are getting poorer. Do not hold the oil and the wine. The rich are getting richer. It's a curse on the earth. Listen, that just to explain something to us that as believers, we don't learn principles anyhow. We make sure that our business principles are godly. They are Christian. You don't lay off people to boost profits. Yes, you lay off people when you don't need them. You lay off people when you can't pay them. Are you getting my point? But you don't lay them off purely to boost profits. It's not allowed. Alright, we're looking at that. So, it says, Treat your slaves in the same way. Verse 9. Don't threaten them. Remember, you both have the same master in heaven. And he has no favorites. The Lord is good. Alright, I think we're doing good speed. I, like I was saying, I wasn't sure we'll get here. But now we're there already. So, let me just summarize what we have said so far. So don't forget our relationships. That's what Paul d- discussed here. And I believe, like I said before, these are just examples. Every relationship we find ourselves, even if the Bible didn't say anything specifically about it, we have understood the principles. Let me give an example. There's nothing here about master and disciples, that is, student-teacher relationship. But we can easily decode it from here. All right? There's nothing here about such things. Politician and populist. He didn't say that here. But we can easily decode all of these things from there. What they were just saying is that whatever you are doing, do as if you are doing for the Lord. That's what's most important. Okay. Now let's go on. Now Paul now says something here. From verse 10 he said, a final word. If you read New Living Translation. The New Living Translation. He said, a final word. Other Bibles will say, finally. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Now, what he's doing here is to talk about prayer. That's where we're getting into next. Verse 10, he said, a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. He said, put on every piece of God's armor, so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, he says, putting on the belt of truth, and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace 
that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil, that is the fire-tipped arrows. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Do all of this, he says in verse 18, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mystery, mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. That was a mysterious plan. <laughs> I am in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. Now we'll analyze this line by line. I just wanted us to read it completely. We'll read the last um, um, four verses later on. Go to the Colossians one now. Let's just read the Colossians one now. Okay? So that to be we have read this. So that if we come again, we don't have to read that Colossians one again. Colossians chapter four. Now Paul said his admonition concerning, of course, we read up to chapter verse one of chapter four last time. Masters be fair and uh, be just and fair to your slaves. Remember that you also have a master. Now verse two. Paul said to the Colossians, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray for us too, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I am here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. He said in verse 5, live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. Now, after this, from verse 7, he began to give them closing greetings. So we'll not talk about that now. If you see here, it's obvious that verses um, 2, 3, uh, and 4 are just the summary of the long one we read in the book of Galatians, Ephesians just now in chapter 5. I just wanted us to read this. Now let's just, I'll just pass, um, I'll look at just one portion and then we'll close. We'll continue from next time and then hopefully we'll conclude everything next meeting. So here, it says, be strong in the Lord. I'm back to Ephesians chapter 6 now, verse 10. Put on all of God's armor. My first comment here is verse 12. Why do we have to put on all of God's armor? He said, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. But we are fighting spiritual enemies, evil powers, demons, evil spirits in heavenly places, unseen forces in the dark world. Now, last one, I just let explain that, then I think we can end it there for today. Now, please, this, for many of us here, does not require, new, uh, it's not a new teaching, but let's just keep on saying these things so that we can remember them and be able to help people with them. He said, why are we putting on God's armor? It is because we are standing firm against all strategies of the devil. We are not fighting human beings. That's the meaning of enemies of flesh and blood. But we are fighting evil spirits, evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. Let me just quickly explain this again. What we find very common in today's Christianity, at least in our country, I don't know about other parts of the world. Of course, Africans, we have taught them. We often do that. It's so wrong and so against the scriptures. The one in which people will start manifesting a man says he's prophesying, and his job is to show you who is afflicting you. No, I don't know who, okay, I think I, somebody was telling me the other day that they went somewhere to pray, and the man said, in the course of this prayer, you will know the people responsible for your problems. I said, I started laughing. In fact, the person talking to me said, I knew you would laugh when you hear that. I said, yes, it's laughable. We're about to start prayer. I said, during the course of this prayer, you will discover, it will be revealed to us the people who are afflicting you. Listen to me, if you ever get to that kind of thing, a situation, just get up and nicely go away. Tell the pastor, I beg, let me, let me come and go. You know the way we say it, let me start going. <laughs> yes, because that's obviously wrong. They are taking the scripture, I mean, they are, the, the prayer is set on the premise that's against the revealed word of God. God does not start, you won't be praying, and the Lord will start revealing to you the people who are afflicting you. Do you know why? Paul told us clearly. We are not wrestling against human enemies. 
He said, we are resisting the devil. We are fighting Satan. We are fighting the devil, his strategies. All right? One of the things, why am I emphasizing that one? I am convinced that one of the strategies of the devil these days is to distract people from the person that they are really fighting. You have only one enemy. There's only one enemy. And that is that's the devil himself. And I said it before, he has only three things he can do against you. What are those three things? One, he tempts. Two, he, he accuses. Those are the two most important things that you can easily handle. Three, he deceives. Those are the things he tries to do against the people of God. One, he tempts. Two, he accuses. In fact, let's put it like this. It's one, he tempts. Two, he deceives. Then, before God, he accuses. The last power he gets once in a while, you can't do anything about that one. When he gets the power of death over somebody, it's not within that person's control anymore. The place where you can control the devil, where you can pray and shut him up, is in three areas. One, accusations. Sorry, one, temptations, which you have a duty to do what? Resist. Two, he has a, this thing, he has a um, power to deceive. In which case, you also have the power to refuse to be deceived by knowing. Are you getting my point? There are two ways you stand against that. One, go after knowledge, like you are here this evening. You read your Bible, you read books, you listen to messages. Two, you do that, ask God, please give me understanding. He always answers that prayer. So that's the way you resist the devil. That's how you resist him in that area. And third, when he starts accusing you, there's a number of ways you resist that one. One, you keep on testifying in your own favor. And then praying for other people that he may be accusing. You start re- rejecting his accusations against other people in your life. That's, in fact, it boils down to temptation again. That's how you handle the devil. One major thing he does for people now is to tell them that it's your auntie that's afflicting you. Please, I don't have time to go into that in details. We've talked about it here and there you know, in our school of prayer collection. Please, no human, our fight, all this one that they say, all my enemies die. It's against the prayer commanded by the Lord Jesus. What did Jesus t- tell us to do concerning our enemies? He said, love them, pray for them. Paul commanded that you should love them. Which means that by the time you find the revelation that says that your auntie in the village is the one that's a witch that's afflicting you, she becomes a prayer point. Father, in the name of Jesus. Now, we know the revelation is a lie. We know. But let's just assume it's true. Let's assume it's true. He said, Father, in the name of Jesus, my auntie is a witch. If she dies now, now hell fire with that. Say, Lord, you do not wish for anybody to perish. So I'm praying that you will send laborers into our harvest field, give her light, give her understanding, let her not die as a witch. That's God's prayer point. But you know how fearful people pray? Who are afraid? My auntie will die. <laughs> As they are praying, they reveal that, okay, now everybody's afflicting you. Begin to command them to die. Die. You are killing somebody. You know the truth? You are now the witch. Oh, oh. oh yes. <laughs> we are laughing, but that's not actually a joke. Yeah. You are now the witch. By the time you are looking at somebody and start saying, you, die, die, die. This is the truth. The person may die. But that is called witchcraft. You are now a confirmed witch. Once a person dies, you are very good at your job. Does God kill people, for, kill people for Christians? Of course he does. But we never ask that the person should die. We just say to the person, I leave you for God. That's the meanest prayer you should pray. But let me tell you the truth there. Even if you tell the person, God bless him, bless him, bless her, bless her. If that person is due for death, that your prayer is killing the person faster. Yeah, I'm not joking. No. Say, Father God, in, my name, in the name of Jesus, this is my auntie. If really the auntie now, which you won't kill everybody for village, once you start praying prayers of intercession in the name of Jesus, the will of God, the word of God coming in her direction, the word of God will just come, you just remove her head that she's gone. But you will now mourn her death. And not, you're not fake mourning, you, know? you really mean it. You really are unhappy. Because the Bible says God does not delight, when, God is never happy when a sinner perishes. He does not delight himself in the death of a sinner. Why should his children delight themselves in the death of sinners? I hope we are clear. The only person you should be commanded to die, unfortunately he can't die, is the devil himself. He's the only enemy you have. 
All this one of pursuing witches, it's a look, it's, that's why your prayers have not worked. You've been focused, you're focused on the wrong thing. The one that I've seen again and again, this one I've seen many times. People now start seeing faces of the auntie inside the dream. And like I always say, you self check out. If you were the witch, would you reveal yourself inside the dream? That's the first thing you that will let you know that it's all lie, deception. Satan knows what he's doing. He's trying to separate families. He's separating you from people that you should love, that you should be sowing the seed of love in their lives so that God can germinate the seed and bless the fruit in your life. No, he has separated them. You are the one in bondage, you. You that's praying like that. You are the one that's afflicted. <laughs> Why don't you just follow me? I will lead you somewhere good. <laughs> I have never... Look, I don't fear anybody. People are close to me. They know my whole life. In fact, people will send <laughs> emails. Hi, is Akiolu. Hi, is Olubi. They name my children. The boys are still going for... <laughs> I'm not afraid of anybody because he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Listen, no human being is your enemy. They can't, oh God, how many times do I need to say this? They have seen witches that kill people before. I have never seen a witch successfully kill a true believer. The life of a Christian, including when Boko Haram bombs them to pieces. Every single one, the father approves before they die. Do I need to prove it to you? Jesus said, the very strand of your head, the hair, does not fall down without getting the father's approval. One day I had to tell the Lord, say, my hair is not complete again. Where did you carry the rest? <laughs> he knows now. Ah, he knows. <laughs> Only the father, I mean, if the strands of hair, that is before the barber cuts it, he approves the clipping. Otherwise, that's why some clippers don't work. You get the crew crew? God said, not today. Not today. How much more my life? Come on, think about it. Think about it. People actually fear witches more than they fear God. That's the truth. That is why they are keeping their secrets from the witches. The woman is pregnant. I say, don't tell anybody. Yes. Ah, What does that mean? No, no, you don't speak your word. What does that mean? Wicked, thank you. That's it. That's the application. It means they are, you know, they are hardened. They are tough people. Their hearts are wicked. People will not be hiding so that, so that the witch won't hear that they want to. Tomorrow, ah, hey, okay, one day. So, when are you leaving tomorrow? Shh. So, what? Shh. Why, why, should I, why are you showing me? So, you want people to know I'm traveling tomorrow? If they know, God, the airline knows you are coming tomorrow. They have not killed you. <laughs> Do you get my point? You went to Autostar. Did Autostar not register your name for tomorrow's journey? She said, don't even know I'm driving tomorrow. Because you, you think your neighbors are which white. They'll go and wait on the road and tumble the car. You'll not die. <laughs> oh, God. You know, there's liberty in Christ, too. Honestly, me, I'm so free. If you want to know I'm traveling, it's your problem. If you don't have any other job or monitoring my movement... Apparently, you are not going anywhere. Because those who are going to places, they are not checking who's going somewhere. Like Bishop Odeko will say those days. No, Bishop Abe. Abe said that it's when your car has broken down the express. That knows other cars passing. He said, but if your car is moving, you, you are so busy going to where you are going. But when you don't stop, like you don't stand there. You see, Oh, the Lord is good. Listen, that's just the point I want to bring out from there. Most of the other teachers of prayer, we've done our other prayer school or prayer sessions, so we don't spend more time on that. We'll just conclude everything next time. But let's just bear that one. I want to just emphasize it. Paul told us ahead of time. Listen, the enemies we have are not flesh and blood. They are spiritual enemies. 
And I've summarized what it does. That's the head of them, Satan. What it does is to um, tempt, to deceive, and then accuse. So it's easy to handle. But the Bible says we are not ignorant of the devices of the devil. These are the things. He tries to deceive people. One major one, part of that accusation, as an extension, let me just quickly add that one to it as I close. One major one he uses against the church, all right, is what? A church as a body. No. Division. You got it. Division. That's one major one he tries, he uses against the church. Gets them to divide, cut them to pieces. I have my own conviction now. I'm 90% sure, not 100%. Anytime you find maybe like Boko Haram, go to a place, wipe out churches, wipe out Christians and all of that. Go and check it, they are divided. You find Islamists who just come, wipe out churches in areas. Go and check it, they are divided. These believers are divided. I don't have time to go into it now. They are divided. If they are not divided, it doesn't, no, it can't happen. And the other day I was reading Paul again. Paul was emphasizing it. Paul was seriously against division. Paul did not even want the church divided between Jew and Gentile. John fought division. Why were they so... And when Jesus was praying, I mean, you are the Lord of the earth, you're about to die, you're about to go away, they say, pray for these people. If not today's preaching, no one will pray. In the name of Jesus, Father, prosperity will flow towards them. They will have money. They will have abundance. They will marry. They will have children. That's how we will be praying. He didn't do that. He said, Lord, I pray for them that they will be one. As you and I are one. What does that tell you? That is the key to their survival. I mean, he's about to depart. He's leaving everything he has worked for in the hands of 12 men and some other guys around them. And they say, pray for them. Say, Lord, I pray that they will be one as you and I are one. It means that unity is key to their survival. So when Satan wants to destroy people, he always goes against unity. Please, mark it. Anytime something comes up in the house trying to separate you and your wife, children from parents, just know it's Satan. If it's your mother, she's Satan. If it's your pastor, he's Satan with a crown. Yes. Once they start separating, when I say your mother, I'm not, I don't mean as a joke, because Peter at the time was Satan. Jesus did not say, get behind me, you Satan possessed individual. He said, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> so there was a time Peter was Satan. So I'm not saying your mother has joined a coven. I didn't say that. She's not a witch. She's just a Satan. <laughs> you are wondering which one is worse. <laughs> the difference between both of them is that a witch knows she's in a coven. Most satanic people don't know they are satanic. Peter thought he was watching out for the interests of the Lord Jesus. So your mother thinks he's shielding you from all these young wives of these days. Your mother thinks she's trying to help you save money. So she's wondering how much is your wife's hair. So you ask her next time, Mommy, do you want to pay for it? No, I'm just wondering how much she's spending on hair. I'm the one paying. And I'm not complaining. You say very nicely. Don't forget, you have left your father and your mother. Obey your parents does not apply to you anymore. It's honor. Part of honor is keep away, keep away from trouble. I'm, I'm not kidding about that. I'm very, very serious. Division is one thing. No, Jesus had to pray. Father, make them one. If that was a major prayer point for him, it tells you that division is a serious affliction on the body. These are the areas where Satan will be saying, oh, my enemies die, 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 die. Like I told you before, the neighbors are also praying, oh, my enemies die. <laughs> so when you come out, you find that the bomb landed in the neighborhood. Everybody died. They will say it's Boko Haram. It's not Boko Haram. It's the church. This one was in MFM. This one was in Chosen. So when they were saying the enemies <laughs> will die... <laughs>
And each one was sent back to send them. <laughs> At the end of the day, friendly fire. Israel versus Judah. You know that's what happened with Israel and Judah. Why do we know? Let's choose men. So the men, how many did you see? Twelve or ten? Each one with his sword. Took the brother by the head. And the, both of them just the same way. And they did it to each other. And oh, ah, isn't the scriptures like that? When Israel and Judah were fighting. Brothers. Holy Ghost fire against each other. Everybody died. They're now blaming Boko Haram. Boko Haram said, no, this was... You know, donation. They donated. <laughs> the Lord is good. Very important. Listen, let's not be ignorant of what exactly the devil is doing. This one of attacking people with our prayer. It, listen, no human being is the reason why you're having your problems. And the day I was getting married, that woman was looking, to, looking at me like this. And she was doing me like this. She said that you won't have children. Do you understand? And you believe it. And you may pray. And your breakthrough is waiting for the day she will die. And that woman goes, this one, 85. Forget. <laughs> I'm telling you, don't forget the scripture. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You don't need anybody to die before you can make progress. So the year that King Guzaya died, I saw the Lord. Your King Guzaya needs to die. The death of King Guzaya was a calendar matter. It's like saying the day Marcus Gabez came to Nigeria, we bought a new car. Do you understand my point? And I said, okay, you need Bill Gates to come so you can buy a new jet. Let's not misread the scriptures. The Lord is good. Let's bow down and say, Lord, thank you because I'm free. Very important. Just give the Lord thanks. Say, Lord, I thank you because I'm free. Lord, I thank you because I'm free. I'm not boxing the air. I'm not boxing the air. The air, just... Kicking away without direction. Say, Lord, I thank you because I am free. Say, Lord, I thank you because I am free. Say, Lord, I thank you because I am free. Just give the Lord thanks. Let's rise to our feet. We are closing now. We want to share the grace in a moment. Let's give the Lord thanks. Say, Lord, thank you because I am free. Thank you because I have victory over Satan. Give him thanks for that. Say after me, say in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you because I have the victory. I have been delivered. I have victory over Satan. I have victory over the devil. I have victory over the work of his hands. Say, I can resist temptation. I have knowledge. By the power of the Spirit, I will not be deceived. Say, I silence every word of accusation that comes against me. I silence those words by the blood of Jesus. Because the blood of Jesus was shed for me. And it has wiped out every handwriting. Every handwriting has been wiped away. Everything written against me has been wiped away. Say, I am free. Say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Say, he prepares a table before me. In the presence of my enemies. Say that again. He prepares a table before me. In the presence of my enemies. Say I don't need for them to die. My table is still prepared. There is no enchantment against Jacob. No divination against Israel. No enchantment works against me. Because I am covered by the blood of Jesus. Say I am free. Say I am sure. That I'm free. Say it again. I am free. I am sure that I'm free. Say it again. I am free. I am sure that I'm free. I have passed out of death. I have passed into life. I have passed out of death. I have passed into life. Say my life is hidden with Christ in God. I am in God. I am safe. Say he has covered me. With his, with his wings. I am not exposed to the devil. I am, the I am secure in him. Secure Say like this, I am living in Christ. Living in Christ. Above, above principalities. Above every walk of the enemy. I am safe in Christ Jesus. Oh God, that thing is said in my mind. I wanted to say it again. Say in Christ Jesus, I am kept. Every curse has been broken. Every divination, they don't work against me. 
Now this is my emphasis. So I am not afraid. Say it. I am not afraid. I am not afraid of human enemies. I am not even afraid of the devil. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Say my life is in God's hands. Listen, say I will not die until I have fulfilled my destiny. I will not die until I have blessed this generation. I will not die until every word that God spoke concerning me has been manifested. Say, I will live. Say, no sickness can take me down. Listen, let me tell you the truth. The day of your death, you, oh, this is the favor God will do for you. You will know ahead. And you will announce that head. Amen. You will tell your grandchildren. They say, ah, your next birthday. They say, ah, that birthday. You guys should forget it. They won't know what they are talking about. I hope you are getting my point. He says, is this scripture right? Yes, now. Paul was in jail. His life was at risk. He was saying, I'm in a straight between two. Whether to depart now or maybe later. Which one do we choose? Should we stay? Ah, ah. I hope you are getting what I'm saying here. You will not die by accident. Amen. Let me say it again. No witch is trying to kill you. Amen. And in case they were trying, it is not within their powers. And they know. And they know. And they know. And they know. That's what I'm sure of. I've heard testimonies from witches before indirectly that testified that before they can do anything, they have to get permission from the realm of light. This is in scripture. I don't need a witch to tell me. I read my Bible before. I hope you are getting my point here. Please, no need to be afraid. Please, no need to be afraid. Say, I dreamt a bad dream. And so, people dream bad dreams every day. Depends on what did you eat. Let's be sure of that. When you eat beans with moi moi, you will dream bad dreams. <laughs> yes, now. Why would you dream bad dreams? You are free in Christ Jesus. Amen. And listen, sometimes the devil is offering things. He wants to see whether you will believe. You will read horoscope one day, and what they said inside will happen. Then read it the second day, you are hooked. It's a trap of Satan. Tear that paper, don't go near there again. So open the door for the devil in your life. Don't get involved with anything that looks a bit like divination. What is divination? Let me see what tomorrow will bring. Let's cast, let's see. Let's quickly open the pages of horoscope. That's how Satan enters into your life. If you don't open the door for the devil, he can't come in. He knows. You know, he's always looking for doors that people have left for him. I hope you got to my point. Yes, sir. Let's declare it again. Say, Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you. Because I am free indeed. Free. Just give thanks in your own words. Just give thanks in your own words. Give thanks in your own words. And speak specifically against that fear. Speak specifically against that fear. Speak specifically against that fear. Against that dream. The dreams of God, they come to give you direction. If any dream comes to give you confusion, it's not of God. If any dream comes to give you fear, it's not of God. If any dream comes... To make you afraid is not of God. I have had a number of dreams in my life that were of God. One gave me confidence concerning the delay in ministry. One, a few of them gave me correction. That's how it works. Shows me this is where you are not working correctly. And I took my correction. And life improves. I became more productive. I became more righteous in my work with God. Dreams are not allowed to scare you. If it does, it's of the devil. Reject it. Reject it. Reject it. Right now, be rejecting it. Say, I reject fear. I do not have the spirit of fear. I reject fear. I receive only the spirit of confidence, of boldness, of sound mind. Any vision that says that you are not a winner is a lie. The blood of Jesus has covered you. Begin to reject all those things that have been scaring you. Let me just say this on to you. Just can you pause for a second, please? 
I want to just advise you, like I was talking to one of our sisters the other day. Listen, we have to be careful that we don't pray prayers of fear. Are you getting my point? A prophet dreams, he has a vision. That he sees death around you. And you don't sleep again. That's not of God. He said, what if he actually saw a vision? And just there, just in the name of Jesus, I shall live and not die. I receive correction from the Lord. That's all. Keep on walking. Do you, do you get my point? Yes, it's only when you, you know, <laughs> when they say they see death around, you know why you're afraid? You say, no way you spend Friday night. God doesn't come there. Now I make you the fear. Let me tell you where, how you know death around you is around you. Your family day for Abuja. You're a married man, three children. When you come to Enugu, and you don't sleep alone in that room, in that hotel, there's a girl there. Death is around you. It's around you. It's around you. You don't need a prophet to tell you. I can tell you. <laughs> Every time you do business with people, money not they complete. You'll be telling stories. <laughs> Death is around you, my brother, my sister. Death is around you. You don't need a prophet to tell you anything more. I can tell you. That is when prophet is scaring you. If you're not putting your hands into that kind of iniquity that you know, you now say dead is around you. Say, why should dead be around me? Am I his friend? Me and him, do we look like friends? You tell me that kind of I don't believe it. I don't pray about it. You send me into some kind of prayer mode. I'm accepting it. I won't pray. So you declare five days fasting. Why? Because I see trouble around the family. Sorry. I know sometimes I'll be like, you know, my wife used to say I was very, very strange. When she first met me, she said, this guy is strange. My reason is, listen, everything, once I was in Winner's Chapel, where, you know, they were saying that today, we are praying, we went to school of ministry. You will say to the devil that you are not going to take the word away from me. Begin to bind. And I looked at all of them and said, devil, you want to take it? Come. <laughs> I just do like that. So one woman, I did not talk to me, say, which church do I go to? Because all of us came from different places for school of ministry. I said, why is she asking? Hey, no, that when they are praying, I don't join them. When they are doing gala, go get get by gala, I'll just stand and fold my hands. My, my madam, what is worrying you is not worrying me. That is why. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean, I, I didn't know what to tell. I said, madam, you don't get the point. That prayer point, they said, say that the devil will not take the word that's coming to you today. I said, look, listen. Bishop, you think we used to tell us this, what they call spiritual calculus. Let's do the calculus. That Jesus said, those who heard the word and did not understand it, they were the ones that the birds of the air came and stole the word away. Right? Yes. Okay. And the, the, what that tells us, if you have understanding, they can't take it. Yes. And he said, give attention that you may gain understanding. I took leave from work. I stay, people come. I come there. I didn't have money there. I will stay in the in 8 o'clock. I'm in church. I'm not leaving till 9 p.m. You think I came here to play? Any devil that wants to come, come. Let's see. I have prayed one prayer. Lord, you will give unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of you. And with that one, I coupled, I gave attention. When, when, when Bishop is teaching, this is how I sit down. I'm taking notes, I'm paying attention. We have two sessions in the morning. Nine, we do registration by eight. First session, nine to eleven. Then we have a second session, eleven to one. Then we take a break from one to four. I sit in the church and lean against this, the, the, the pillars to, to sleep. I didn't have to go out go and buy granite and biscuit and a bottle of Coke. And I stayed there till night. And the devil would take what I've collected. I'm sorry, I couldn't pray that prayer. No, 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 no. Forget. Unless God didn't give me understanding. Some of the prayers we pray are just unnecessary prayers of fear. So I tell Christians, stop praying prayers of fear. Pray prayers of people who are seated with Christ. Pray prayers of victory. Don't pray prayers like you are entering into battle. Pray prayers like you have won the victory. That's why most of your prayers should be riddled with thanksgiving. That's why I see when we are praying here, you notice it. It's very, very cool. Whether I'm the one leading prayer or came to leading prayer or my wife's leading prayer, anybody leading prayer, there's a lot of thanksgiving in it. Say, Lord, I thank you because I'm free. You never heard me here. Say, my enemies, they won't get me. I know they're not going to get you. I mean, if you've been coming here for months, you will hear, there's a way, there's a kind, pray prayer with confidence for goodness sake. I remember once, <laughs> my wife was pregnant. Then she used to stay with her, uh, with her mom when she's pregnant, when she's about to deliver. So I, was, I dropped her and I was not leaving. 
That's okay, pray. May I pray for that? She said, This man, you pray very funny. So let us be fine because she's going to go into labor. Me, I'm going back to Enugu. I just sat with her. I remember we sat outside in front of the house. So let us pray. She bowed her head. I said, Where many women go and don't return, you will go, you will return, and you will be safe. In Jesus' name. Amen. I carried my khaki. He said, You don't finish. I said, Wait till remain. <laughs> I said, okay, what more do you want me to say? Jesus said, all this talk I was talking about Lazarus is because I wanted them to hear. Otherwise, normally, you, you guys have seen me raise the dead. Little girl, I say unto you, arise. He said, I don't come and say, hey, death, I begin to bind you. You will not take this girl. I am speaking to you. Death, I'm about to show. I'm the son of God. Death, watch me. Is it bad? No. It's your level of faith. Are you getting my point? <laughs> but when Jesus had faith, you say, little girl, arise. <laughs> Young man, why are you making your mother cry? Arise. Do you get my point? Yes. Look, too much talk is a sign of lack of faith. That's true. When you are praying prayers, pray like people who have won. Let's pray again. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I thank you, I thank you. Because, I'm because I'm in Christ. And in Christ, I have won. In Christ, I have the victory. In Christ, I am more than a conqueror. In Christ, in Christ, I am seated far above. That's it. Not struggling with principalities and powers. Seated far above. Father, we give you thanks. Thank you for freedom. Thank you for victory in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's share the grace in fellowship. Want to go? Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessings. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of fruitfulness and multiplication in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. One more time. This is my season of fruitfulness and multiplication in the name of Jesus Please bless somebody on your left or your right. This is your season. Bless another person. This is your season of fruitfulness and multiplication. All right, cheer up, brethren.